my name is Jennifer Kronk from the Assist Learning Podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. If you've not joined us before, welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Today, I want to introduce you to Corey Knight. And you know what happens is when you do something like that, it does reignite that spark that we were talking about. So it's important to get involved with that. And you're hearing him encouraging you to decide what you want to become an expert on, take a course or watch some YouTube videos and share your knowledge with other teachers that you know need inspiration. This is what he will tell you in this interview, reignited his love of teaching again. Corey is from Fort Wayne, Indiana, just like me, and he has an undergrad degree in social studies education from Indiana University Bloomington. He also has a master's in technology and curriculum from Ball State University. He's the creator of Classroom Tech Made Simple, which you will hear him talk about in the interview. He's also a Google Level 1 and Level 2 teacher. He says he's always trying to do new things, whether he's in the classroom or outside of the classroom, and his burnout came from the repetitive nature of teaching and testing culture. He found a way to reignite his passion for teaching and technology with Google Level 1 and Level 2 teacher training. These tools have shown him that the potential to transform teaching and to believe that our students need essential training with technology that is meaningful and incorporates real-world problems. In this interview, you're going to hear us talk about a couple of things. Number one, you're going to hear us discuss how many problems that we are faced with, not just as educators, but as people who are using technology, but how many more solutions that we can find because of that technology and what a great example we're setting for our students by doing that. Second of all, you're going to hear Corey and I discuss the idea of when you're going through burnout, really getting involved and becoming an expert in something that you are using in your class, therefore reigniting your love of teaching because you're igniting that love of learning that we continue to share with our students every day. And the third thing we talk about at the end of the interview is being willing to be flexible when technology does fail us and even in front of our principal during an observation and how demonstrating our ability to have a backup plan and be flexible when that happens really shows that we are a great teacher. This month's Burned In Teacher Focus is EdTech is Burning Me Out, and this is episode 18. Let's get started. Hey, hey, BITs. Before we dive into the interview today, I have a favor to ask. Would you please leave a rating and review for this podcast? Ratings and reviews help other burned out educators to find this podcast and to get inspired to burn in. So please take a second to park your car, go into iTunes, and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for taking the time to help other educators find the Burden and Teacher Podcast. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today 
to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Corey. I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Yeah, it's, a, it's great to be a guest on your podcast, finally. All right. I am I know you and I have talked for a long time on Twitter. Uh, Corey actually is the awesome human who introduced me to my good friend Gretchen Bridgers, uh, who I've done some collaborative podcast work with. So I'm really appreciative of that connection. And uh, it, it really has, has changed my life. She's a really good friend of mine. So thank you so much. <laughs> Not a problem. Gretchen's great. She uh, is, you know, between you and her, you guys have some awesome, uh, you know, superpowers in the world in the world of education. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. So, so let's talk about you and your superpowers, Corey. Because I've read your blog, I've watched your YouTube videos. You have a lot of techie superpowers. So, why don't you start off with telling us a little bit about your journey as an educator? All right. So I started in social studies education at Indiana University, go Hoosiers. And um, I, I started teaching eight years ago. And I kind of uh, got, you know, really interested in technology once our district in my third year of teaching started using iPads in the classroom. And I had some situations where I kind of wasn't in like really believing in the technology. And I was really kind of, you know, just disengaged with the technology. And I was having some problems with, you know, keeping students engaged with this new iPad that they had all the, you know, everything was available to them right at their fingertips. And I can remember one specific instance where I had all of my students literally stack all their iPads up on my desk because I felt like I couldn't manage all that distraction that I thought was going on with those. And so that was one of the, the times where I literally, I came home and I talked with my wife about this and, you know, it was right before Christmas break and as, you know, I was, had some time to kind of reflect on it and I started thinking about it and I decided that I was going to move forward and I was going to use these things, uh, that these new iPads that were given to these students and I was going to use them in a way that was going to be meaningful in the classroom and I was going to try to use them with purpose and that is kind of snowballed into what I do now. Since that point, I went back and got my master's in educational technology and curriculum, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I love that you said you talked to your wife and that you just decided. That goes so, right. so well with everything that I've, that I've said to teachers or that I have reinforced with, with what teachers have said, that it all came down to you ultimately, Right. Right. Well, she's she's also in the she's in the world of education, but she's a social worker and a therapist in the school systems. Mm -hmm. So she's really good at getting me to kind of move forward with decisions and just just do it and just yeah. jump in. Awesome. Yeah, we all need someone in, like that in our life, don't we? So oh, yeah. So help me help me visualize this situation. You have this you have this day where you actually have the kids stack up their iPads because it's just too much of a distraction. It's not going well. You're clearly frustrated with that technology. You go home, you make the decision and you say that you're going to use it in a more meaningful and purposeful way. What changed? What, what does that look like? Well, I think that the change was is just simply that I knew that the district had invested huge amounts of money in these and all they needed was a buy-in from one or two teachers per building and then it would just start to spread and that's literally where I started noticing that I became that kind of unofficial person where everyone was coming to for questions on how to use these things and what new programs and what new apps were out there that teachers could use 
And I knew that all of a sudden I saw the power of being able to share like this information with all these people. And then from that point forward, I started working and creating blog posts and YouTube uh, videos to where I can start sharing this out just through screencast, showing people how to use these tools in the classroom just from that. And I've read I've read your some of your blog posts and seen some of your videos and your content is so, so helpful. I have actually at several sessions and workshops, I have highlighted and even on G Suite 123, um, the Google site that I created with a curation of all of these Google tools and how to use them with kids. You have a couple of things on that site. Did you know that? That's awesome. I didn't know. I knew (laughs) I had one or two things that you shared with me, but I didn't know there was that much. That's awesome. Yeah. It's just the way that you share is just very uh, simple and and very helpful. So you're very gifted. You you have a talent for that for sharing. So can you tell me what's the name of your YouTube channel? So if you just go to YouTube and just search Classroom Tech Made Simple, and it's usually the first one that comes up. My most recent videos will be right there, ready to go. Oh, that's perfect. And let me tell you, they are very simple, very easy to follow, and they will help you if you have a specific question on how to use an app or a certain technology tool. You said that everyone started coming to you and asking you how to use these devices and how to use certain apps and things like that. So is that something that you anticipated and is it something that you welcomed? I'd say that when I started this, that when all these teachers were coming to me, I did accept it and it took up a lot of my plan period time. And we know how important your plan period is when you're a teacher. And so that was kind of one of the reasons why I started creating the videos because I started sharing those videos out with teachers in order to kind of free up my time so that I could plan for my classes later on. That's a really, really good way, a strategy really to to approach that that problem. So is this something that has kept you uh, a burned in teacher as you've continued teaching? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and I'm the kind of the one that breaks the mold and is a teacher. And now my sister's a teacher too, which you've, you've taught her actually yeah. at one of your sessions. But um, anyway, um, I come from that fam- that background of business owners and it's just one of those things where you just jump in and just, you know, without the fear of failure, just go at it with hundred 110% the whole time. So I just kind of jumped in 100% and just decided that I was going to do this. And to be honest with you, it just kind of came out to where, you know, more and more people just kept on contacting me and, and it's, it's great. And it has helped me stay, you know, burned in as a teacher, because to be honest with you, right around year five, I mean, that's the statistic. Like if you can stay towards year five, you know, that's where you kind of can get burnt out on the whole teaching mm-hmm. uh, process and everything. So. I'm really glad and fortunate that that happened. And I'd have to say that the next part that, you know, to this whole situation of staying burned in is that I became even more, um, maybe even slightly obsessed with the whole technology once the Google uh, training, the Google level one and level two training started coming out for teachers, man, that was, um, that was such, it's one of the best professional developments that I was able to do on my own. Mm-hmm. And that was a game changer for me because now I really saw, you know, the power of the Google tools that are available. And that was, it was better than anything that I had ever learned. Even in my master's program, it was just so straightforward and to the point. And I just, I wanted to share these with my students because I knew that they were going to be able to use these sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, there's plenty of times where I, would tell my students we would create graphs using Google Sheets and I tell I'd tell them I say listen guys never in your life is a is your boss someday going to come to you with 
graph paper, pencils, and paper and say, I need you to make me a bar graph using this data. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask you to create a spreadsheet that and create some really nice graphics to go along with it. So that whole process of like creating real life scenarios with students, I mean, that really kept me really just reignited my flame for, you know, teaching and wanting to continue to just inspire students to do the best that they can. That's an excellent example of the benefit of becoming Google certified. If it's not about getting the badges or becoming a trainer or an innovator, it helps to ignite your passion and helps you to better use those tools with students, which is really the goal in the end is to help create uh, more innovative classrooms and to use these tools in ways that they will be expected to use them in the workplace in the future. Although we don't know what a lot of these future jobs are going to look like really. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So when you became level one and level two Google certified, did you, you said you did this completely on your own? You know, I, one of our technology directors, he just shared it out with us and I just looked into it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it's all about the badges. You know that. It's it was, all about the it badges. It was for me. That's the, what we're, <laughs> it was yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, look, I got this really cool digital badge that I can start sharing with everyone and saying, yeah. hey, look what I did. Yeah. No, it, it was more than the, just the badges, but the badges are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because adults are not a whole lot different than kids when it comes to accolades and being having something to show off to people to show your accomplishments. And I don't really personally think there's anything wrong with that. I think that if it makes you feel good and it makes you do good, then then I'm all for it. So I, I'm telling you, when I went to the Google Summit back in 2016, I wanted those badges so badly. And I didn't care what I was going to have to do to get them. And I worked my butt off and and got them and even ended up getting badges I didn't even know that I was capable of getting. So it just starts with that one. It just starts with that one spark, right? It does. And then what, you know, there's, it's not just Google, the Google training that has those badges, you know, I mean, that literally so many programs get, have those, you know, different things that you can add to a resume or add to, you know, whatever you're you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Shobi has, uh, a sh- you know, a Shobi expert teachers that they have and Nearpod has a certified Nearpod educator. You know, there's so many different things that we can, we can do to, you know, better our students and better our classrooms. Mm-hmm. And you know, what happens is when you do something like that, it does reignite that spark that we were talking about. So it's important to get involved with that. Today's episode is brought to you by Google University. Five months, five Googly guided courses. If you want to learn how to use Google tools in your classroom, but can't find the time to learn or a substitute to cover your class for a full day of PD, then this professional learning opportunity is for you. This guided course option offers a weekly one-hour Zoom conference call with time for direct instruction of how to use a new Google tool, examples of teacher and students use, and time for questions. Each week, you'll have time to practice either on your own or with your students, and then report back the following week with successes or learning opportunities that you had. Each course is taught within Google Classroom, where you'll find all of your slideshows, templates, and community to support you on your Googly journey. For more information, go to burnedinteacher.com slash googleuniversity or Region 8's Education Service Center web address at r 8 
esc.k12.in.us. You don't have to register for all of the courses or live in Indiana to participate, but each course does build on the one before it. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash Google University or r8esc.k12.in.us to learn more or register today. Courses for winter and spring of 2019 have already begun, so don't wait. Let me help you to burn on and get googly. You know, education system to get involved with some sort of technology program like Google or, uh, you know, the Shelby, you know, expert educators that they have and just, you know, take, take, take it and run. Absolutely. Because it's, it's really a complete snowball effect. You do one thing, you take one step and then you look back and you're like, why didn't I ever try that before? Now I'm going to do this. You take a leap and sometimes you might take a couple of steps back, but it, it really is an entire process. It really does take just taking one step and sometimes a leap of faith, <laughs> but it, it really Absolutely. does make a huge difference in your passion and in your career and in your outlook and your mindset. You're, you're absolutely 100% right. So really quickly, I want to jump back to, I believe you said it was year three when you were really frustrated with these iPads and correct me if I was wrong, but would you say at that no, point, right. would you say in that, at that point in your career that, that you were going through a phase of burnout? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was even thinking about other things that I could do outside of education. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just one of those things like you are start asking yourself, you know, is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? And I think every teacher goes through that at one point or another in their career. It's just a matter of finding, you know, really doing some some thinking, some solid thinking on your own to see whether or not you want to be passionate, if you are passionate about teaching. And turns out I still am. So yeah, good, good. Yeah. And it really, um, I actually just blogged about it this past week or two ago, about how we have we have the power to decide and we ultimately do have to decide, but it shouldn't be a rash, uh, hasty decision. It really should be something that you write, you just brain dump it all on paper. And, and this is different than venting. This isn't just, you know, calling up your friend and talking about how frustrated you are and, um, how everything is too hard and everything's against us and and all of that. That is different. Writing down everything that is frustrating you, writing down some brainstorms on how to deal with those things, taking some steps, seeing what's working, seeing what isn't, talking to people, you know, voicing your your struggle and asking for support before just throwing in the towel can open open up your career pathway to can open up possibilities that you really in that frustrated moment you didn't know were there so did you do anything like that or was it just that conversation that you had with your wife that one evening yeah you know at that point we weren't we weren't married but it was she was my girlfriend at the time (laughs) but yeah we just at that point we just had a conversation and she just said you know you just got to figure out what you want to do and if you if you can do it and you know it's one of those things like you were you just mentioned about like writing it down you know and just coming up like having this brain dump of all of the things that are frustrating you and the thing is is that you need to when you do that i think that you also need to include solutions to the problems mm-hmm. that you're writing down you know what is a solution to this frustration of you know i'm frustrated with you know maybe my students just aren't you know scoring as well on their test well you know i need to come up with some sort of solution to this maybe i need to try to you know reengage them in a different way or you know, shed light on the topic in a different way. 
So I always tell my students, you know, when they come to me with problems, I said, you know, you guys, it's okay to come to me with problems, but I want you to also come to me with a solution to that problem. I want you to think about that problem that you have specifically that that's going on, but let's think about the solution. And, you know, that's, that's the real world that we live in now. I mean, anyone can come up with a problem. It Absolutely. takes, you know, a real person with a lot of, you know, grit to come up with those solutions to these problems that, you know, plague teachers all over the country. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. But I also feel like, and, and tell me if you agree or not, that because of the connectedness, there are also so many more solutions because we have so many oh, more yeah. people to ask. We have so many more resources to find. We have so many different uh, different groups, different focuses, different perspectives that we have access to. Um, so finding possible solutions, you know, coming up with maybe three possible solutions to that one struggle. Um, it could ju- it could be an email you need to send, you know, a, a question you need to ask, you know. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, there are a plethora of problems, but there are also many, many ways to find solutions to to even the even the toughest problems that may have multi-step solutions. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's just like how I just suggested that you should, you know, just chat with Gretchen about some things. Mm-hmm. And that just that that simple just suggestion right there. You know, you know, 20 years ago, we would have never had that type of uh, connection with those people because the world was much smaller without the, you know, the evolution of technology. It's so true. And, you know, what's funny is that, you know, you recommended uh, her to me as a contact because we had similar pathways, similar lanes. It wasn't that I was frustrated with something specific and that you were trying to offer me help. Um, This was just a, just someone to chat with, someone to dream with. And it has, it has changed my belief in, in myself and in my, in the mission of burned in teacher. And if, if that can do, if that can do for me, what it's done for burned in teacher and for my, my goals and my missions and my outreach, imagine what connecting somebody who's frustrated and burned out, connecting them to the right person can do for their mindset and for their career and for their personal life, you know, and, and just for their journey in general. So sometimes a simple solution is just connecting them to the right person that can serve them. Let's say now you've been teaching for eight years and let's say that you, uh, you get approached by a, and maybe you really have in real life, you get approached by a teacher who is in their first, second, third year. They are where you were in their technology journey five years ago. What is it that you would offer them? To be honest with you, I would tell them that the best thing that they could do is just to get involved with some sort of training themselves. And then after, you know, obviously going through the process of the training, um, and then being able to share that training out with them, whether it's through technology or it's classroom management or anything, um, and being able to get involved with a group of teachers so that they can share that out with each other, mm-hmm. um, or even get involved with like a personal learning network or something like that to where you can uh, start to get involved with each other. Speaking of prof- or personal learning networks, do you f- where do you feel like you find the best support in that area of your life as a teacher? You know, obviously the best support would probably go through just the collaboration with the peers within your own building. But I would say that, you know, anything online, if you're using Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Facebook, Mm -hmm. there's just so many different ways that you can connect with different people out there. And I think that's just something that you just have to take action and just start kind of searching through the different social media networks to find what works for you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I 100% agree. When you said earlier that you became obsessed with getting level one, level two certified and learning all of these tools and learning all of the ways that you can implement these different tools into your classroom for your students. And you even mentioned uh, how you told them that, you know, no one's going to hand them a piece of paper, a piece of graph paper and a pencil and tell them to draw a bar graph. So you're teaching them how to embed these graphs and things into slides and sheets and things like that. Can you give me some specific examples of an activity or a project or a unit of study? What does that look like in Mr. Knight's room? You know, if you're going to go specific with a specific project, I always like to make anything real life and connect anything to the real world with my students, whether it's creating spreadsheets using Google Sheets, um, whether it's going through and creating, uh, like, I call them, uh, digital documents where they're creating like a like a one-page slide that's almost like a digital poster. Um, something that's real world that these kids can connect to. Like they can, they're all born with the ability to use technology, but we got to expand that use of technology to, you know, use it for good and to help, you know, spread a message, a positive message, and to make the internet and the world that we live in a better place. And that's always what I try to do um, with any of my projects that I do. But I really like to focus in on using any of the Google tools because one, they're free and I know so many schools are on budgets. So I like to use anything with Google Docs, slides and sheets. So that's my biggest things that I like to use in my classroom. So where would you tell a, a beginning techie teacher to start? You know, we, we say just start, just do one thing. What do you feel like would be the easiest step for them to take in the direction of of getting more engaged with technology and how it is that, that you use it. Right. I would say that the best thing that you could do is just get in online, get on YouTube, get on any other, you know, free video service and just start doing some searching, doing some just general research on what you want to do mm-hmm. in the classroom and just trying to find something that's going to make the most sense in your specific scenario and your content area that you're teaching. And then that's going to give you a head start. There are so many free courses out there that you can take. Um, whether it's through like Udemy or something like that or Mm -hmm. Skillshare or anything like that. And a lot of them are teacher like oriented towards like whatever is geared directed towards specific teachers. So um, in their content area, and I would just encourage any teacher to get involved with that because to be honest with you, that's what reignited me as a teacher is Mm -hmm. just getting involved with some sort of course like that. So I know what some teachers who are listening to this episode are thinking right now. They're like, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to make mistakes. This is this is going to be ridiculous. Do you ever make mistakes with technology? Does that does technology ever fail you in the you know whenever you're working with uh, with your students, or is it all just peachy keen all the time, no problems ever? You're gonna make mistakes no matter what. <laughs> uh, it's just it's gonna happen when you're when you're so reliant on technology. You just gotta be willing to be flexible in those situations and. It's okay. I mean, if you're getting evaluated by an administrator, they understand, they get it. So it's not like it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a world that we live in that we're so connected and we rely on the internet so much. So the thing is, is that it's, it's going to fail eventually. So you just always have to have that backup plan and having that backup plan in a certain situation like that. I think that's what makes a really good teacher is being very flexible and just being able to take something and run, running with it. So that's what I would tell any teacher that says is kind of uh, hesitant when it comes to, you know, jumping in. Mm-hmm. 
I agree 100%. Nothing is perfect. And just like we learned today yeah. with getting disconnected, technology just is sometimes going to fail on us. So it's it's really okay. There's no excuse to completely quit. That's right. All right. Well, Corey, one more thing before you go. I want to ask you a few this or that questions. So uh, we're, I'm just going to ask you three different questions. You just... You just tell me what first comes to your mind as, as what you would choose. Okay? Okay, let's do it. All right. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Books or magazines? Books. Batman or Superman? Superman. <laughs> you I, looked like you struggled with that one. I did. I did. I was thinking the only thing I could think of was that I remember getting Superman ice cream as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Corey. I really appreciate all the, the advice and the experiences that you had to share with us today. Yeah, no problem. And if anyone wants to see any of my videos on YouTube, you just go to YouTube and search Classroom Tech Made Simple, and all my videos will pop right up for you. All right. You heard it there. And they are excellent videos, very easy to follow and extremely helpful. So thanks again, Corey. I enjoyed that interview so, so much. It was so highly anticipated. We waited patiently for the right time to be able to actually connect with one another. And I'm so, so glad that it finally worked out. You know, of all of the different aspects of using technology in the classroom that we discussed today in our interview, I have one main tip and takeaway. And that is to decide. Corey, when he was going through burnout and was was extremely frustrated and (laughs) tested by having technology in his students' hands all the time with those iPads, decided that he was going to make a change in himself. But not just in himself, but by literally going back to school and getting his master's in ed tech and by becoming a Google certified educator. It all came down to him deciding that this burned out life was not going to remain his reality. And he took steps to change it immediately. He didn't change grade levels. He didn't change schools. Number one, he changed his mindset. Number two, he decided that he was going to change his level of knowledge with these tools. He wanted to become an expert. Becoming an expert doesn't mean that you have to necessarily spend the money to go back and get a master's or a doctorate in that area that you want to learn more about. It's just a matter of sitting down at your computer, this wonderful technology that coincidentally we talked about today, and deciding what you want to become an expert in and learning as much as you possibly can out there. What's really great about this connectivity that we have is that people all over the world are sharing the things that they are learning. And you can do that too by simply making a decision to not settle for burnout, to not settle for frustration. You know, I heard not too long ago that if you want to become an expert in something, begin to teach it. And I can tell you from experience that is absolutely the truth. I mean, think about Corey creating his YouTube channel and Matt Miller writing his book, Ditch That Textbook. I'm sure they learned so many valuable lessons about their content simply by doing the research and then sharing it out into the world. So my encouragement to you today is to become an expert by trying things, by learning about them and then putting them into practice. That's it for this week's episode of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next week, take a deep breath. You are your own hero. And you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.
If you want to be updated on the latest Burned In Teacher podcast episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Also, please consider leaving a review and leave a rating so that other teachers who are feeling the burnout can find this podcast to help them feel supported as they continue their journey out of burnout. Thanks so much.